Thanks for taking some time to listen to this message on the Elevate Church podcast. We believe that God will speak to you wherever you are. Now let's prepare our hearts and hear what God has for us today. Well, good morning, Elevate Church. I said, good morning, Elevate Church. How you feeling? You feeling good? I said, you feeling good? I don't feel that you're feeling good. Are you feeling good? Jesus, Jesus is in the house. The Spirit of God is about to break some bondages in here. Who's ready for some breakthrough? Who's ready for some healing? Who's ready for a word and a touch from God? My name is Mike Sheffield. I am the, uh, have the honor and privilege to uh, host this series, Ignite. It's one of my favorite series out of all the series that we do here at Elevate because this is where it gets real. We have individuals who sit here in these seats with you, worship our God with you, work in community, in our community, do things, go to school in our community, and Jesus is doing some huge things in their lives, and they're going to tell you about it because don't make any mistake about it. What God is doing for them, he can do for you. I said what God can do for them, he can do for you. Can I get a church that's excited because God is on the move? Our first speaker is originally from the Ukraine. He is the third, ladies, Moms and dads, listen to this. He's the third out of 11 children. Come on, somebody. Uh, He's been coming to Elevate for the past five years. He runs a painting business and is part of our worship team. You just saw him up here leading us in worship and getting it done for Jesus. He loves Jesus, loves his wife, who is absolutely amazing, fantastic, and he loves worship. This is Mike Malin. Good morning. Good morning. So happy, so excited, and honored, most of all, to be speaking here tonight, uh, today, and to be able to share how I'm living out my faith. Uh, How awesome is that, that we get to know Jesus, and we get to know that he's the one who's in control of all of our lives. Thank you. So... Today is exactly 10 years since I moved to America from Ukraine. So it's a 10 years anniversary for me. Thank you. I love, I love this people. I love this country. I'm American now too. I'm with you. That's right. And as it was mentioned earlier today, I come from a big family of 11 kids. And I know it's a lot. And sometimes, sometimes I wish I'd be the only child. 
I'm just kidding. My sisters are here. So I love all of my siblings, uh, all of them. And uh, crazy how, like, even though I had to share my mom's attention sometimes, and once I got super mad at her, she missed my fifth birthday. Why? She was giving birth to another brother. <laughs> now we have to share birthdays. It's great. I, I, I love him, though. Love him, though. And uh, my mom, having that many children, still had enough time somehow for every single one of us. But what's even more crazy, that God having that many children, a lot, a lot more than 11, has enough time for every single one of us. Come on, somebody. It's great. Sometimes we want God to come and speak to us like he did to Moses or he did to prophet Elijah, something big. But more often, God comes and speaks to us in little things or through people in need. As it says in Matthew chapter 25, he says, Jesus says that when I had no food to eat, you gave me something to eat. When I had nothing to drink, you gave me something to drink. When I had no place to stay, you welcomed me into your home. So the question is, are we ready to answer that call? Or are we just waiting for some special, special moment, that burning bush? For me and my wife, our call began on February 24th, 2022, and that was the day when Russia invaded our homeland, Ukraine. And even though we were here in the States, that day changed our lives forever. From the first moment, we knew that we, we would have to help people. And we had big plans for that year. We wanted to buy a house, but we had to put those plans aside and focus on what we believe God wanted us to do. And we didn't know how we, we would be financially capable supporting all the people coming in. But we had faith in God, number one. And we know that he would provide, that he would be in control. <laughs> Amen. From the first days, we started on working to helping people to bring them here to the States to get them to safety. First two families arrived in April, and we had one of them stay in our second bedroom and the other in our living room. It was a mess. It was a lot of people, seven adults. And even though it was a mess, we loved, loved having them. Uh, we had them up until the end of May. And then we had about a month break. And then we took in another two families that arrived in July. Uh, they stayed with us for about three months. And then we had a whole week break. A whole week and then we took in another family for another three months and that was a whole year dedicated to helping people in need but the main part in this is we would not be able to do this first without the help of God and second second without the help of kind-hearted people of this church and that's awesome <laughs> and this was the turning point the moment when people started coming up to us people we didn't even know before offering help, kind words, furniture, kitchen utensils, uh, even checks and gift cards. And we were able to use those, those finances to put towards the tickets for families to fly in here. And uh, also gift cards 
or for the families to buy basic necessities. And I want to use this opportunity to say a special thank you to those who came out in this time of need to help us out. Thank you, thank you so much. We really appreciate it. Um, as you can imagine, running away from the war is not something you can ever, ever be prepared for. And I'm sure none of us would be ready right now. I mean, we are the church, <laughs> after all. But um, those families, their lives just changed in one moment and they had to go. So they came in with one bag, one bag to their soul. And uh, we knew that God wanted us to be the head start for those people. In the foreign country, new people, new language, new culture, and it's very hard to adopt. And I know this because I went through all of this 10 years ago, even though I was ready. I knew I was moving, but not for them. It was a lot, a lot harder. But luckily, God put us, put us in that place where we could help. We were able to provide each family with uh, a bedroom set and basic necessities. And looking back, I don't know how we got through that year, but I know one thing for certain. God was the provider. He was in control. Today, today those families are here in this church, and you saw them worshiping here on this stage. The girls, the keyboard player, the drummer, and they're amazing. We're so happy to have them here. And this is all God's work. Another thing that came out of it is translation, another ministry that we're having every Sunday at 10 o'clock for those families to feel, feel here at home to understand the word that's being preached. And all of this, most importantly, and I will not get tired of saying it again and again, God is the provider. He's in control. No matter the situation and wha whatever you're going through right now, you need to know you're not alone. God is with you every day, every step of the way. And he can use your weakness for his glory because he's in control. All we need to do is answer that call. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you, Michael. Who would have thought that when they moved here, they would end up bringing others here and they worship with us. They're part of our church family. You know, when you walk through the doors of this church, if you look down, we got some carpets say, welcome and wanted. You are welcome and you are wanted here at Elevate Church. You need to know that. That brings us to our second speaker uh, this morning. She was born and raised in here in Erie, PA. Graduated, <laughs> graduated from Harbor Creek. Go Harbor Creek Huskies! Last night, the place erupted. Last two services, it gets weaker and weaker and weaker. She is married to the love of her life, and together they have, uh, they have a beautiful daughter. Uh, she's been attending Elevate for nine years and has served on staff here for six. In her spare time, uh, you can find her on the beach with her family, reading a good book, playing card games, finding an opportunity to enjoy some good pizza. Come on, who doesn't like a good piece of pie? Or a great slice of cake with butter whipped crumb, uh, frosting. Come on now. Would you please welcome with me uh, Kelsey Law. 
Church. It has truly been a privilege for me to be serving on staff here for the last six years. And as um, a host, I've been up here on the platform many times where I've gotten three minutes where I get to share some next steps or about what's up and coming here at the church. But today, they've given me seven whole minutes to talk to you guys. <laughs> But here's the deal, I'm not some standout type of person. Being up here has really stretched me and it's actually really challenged me. So what does it look like to live out your faith when being a standout isn't something that comes naturally? I've learned that God can use me to make an impact even as an introverted person. Some of you will see me walking around here with a smile on my face and happy and energetic. And this is truly all the time in my life. And I, I believe that that's a gift that God has given me. But I want you to know that on the inside, there's many moments that I feel shy. I feel not worthy. I feel like I'd rather go off and hide somewhere. And it's kind of funny because I'm in a line of work that I have to talk to people and, and it involves people when really I'd rather just be alone sometimes. That's where I can recharge, where I, I'm on my couch watching a movie or, or reading a book. But a little background about me is I grew up here in Erie in an incredible household. Um, my parents and, and brothers, they're, they're super loving, they love God, they're supportive and positive, and many of them are extroverted. In high school, I didn't feel outgoing or like I fit in with a specific group of friends. I felt like I had a different maturity level, and honestly, I would have rather have had conversations with the teachers and the coaches than with students who were in my grade. Now, after high school, I chose not to go to college, and I'm happy with that decision. I feel like it was the right decision for me, but the time came, and I did compare my season with those friends who did go, and I knew that I was feeling these things, like I was feeling sadness and pain because of where they were at. And isn't it amazing how comparison can steal that joy from you? Growing up, I definitely had many moments of not feeling enough, but I knew that God had plans for me, plans for my life. And as a quiet one, what does it look like? What is the impact that I can make as an introvert? And I've discovered that God has put me in situations to use the gifts that he has given me. And I didn't recognize some of them until now. And to keep it simple, here is how my brain registers some of these ways. One of the ways is to be caring. I have it in my calendar on the first Monday of the month to send out some handwritten cards. Now this could be a thank you to someone, this could be um, a word of encouragement, or they must have randomly popped into my head and so I wanted to let them know I thought of them. It's a way that I'm choosing to be intentional and show people that I care about them. Another way is to be a listener. I've learned that not everybody's looking for a solution to their problem. A lot of times they're just looking for that listening ear. And that might mean to repeatedly tell myself during that conversation, don't talk, don't talk, just listen. 
And here at the church, if you call us, I might be one of the people who answers the phone. And there's something about how God wired me that I genuinely care for what people are saying, maybe that tough season they're walking through. And I, I have to tell myself, hey, slow down, listen to them, love others like Jesus did. Another way is to be kind. Now, when I'm at the grocery store or out and about, I've, I've really challenged myself to smile at people, smile at those random strangers. And this is just a simple way I feel like we're, we can spread joy. Or if I'm really stepping out of my comfort zone, I'm going to say hi. <laughs> Oftentimes, after I, I stepped out and said hello, I'll feel awkward or, or defeated because of that doubt in my head. I'm telling myself, wow, that was so weird. But half the world is waiting for the other half to say hello, and I didn't want to be the one waiting anymore. Another way is to be a server. Now, I'm, I'm a peacemaker type of personality. I want to make sure people are taken care of. So I truly try hard to pick up on details of what people are saying. And if you hear someone mention a need that you can fill, do it. And do it the first time. There's plenty of times I wish I would have helped or I had the opportunity to do it. But when I really had the courage to do it, I was too late. But being like Jesus takes steps, and we can choose to be like him little by little. Another way is to be welcoming. I've learned that I enjoy spending time with friends and family. I love to have game nights or a chance for some good food. Good food, anybody? Yep. <laughs> but an intimate setting for me is less threatening. The Lord has shown me that those intimate moments with friends and family are just as important. And that this is me being bold. This is me getting out of my comfort zone. And this is me living out my faith. Now, if you're an extrovert and you didn't relate to a single word that I've said, that's okay. We want you to be loud and proud and naturally bold because we need you. But to my introverts, own those intimate moments. Own that quiet time. Seek out those one-on-one -on -one moments because your family sees you, your friends see you, and that person you just smiled at at the grocery store, they see you too. You are needed and you are loved, and God is using you in all of those moments. Remember that. Just a smile, just a smile. God will use a smile. That brings us to our next speaker. I'm so excited to introduce her to you. She is a recent graduate of Fairview High School. Go Fairview Tigers. Come on, come on. Uh, she has been attending Elevate for four years and serves on the worship, youth, and host teams. She's busy. Uh, if she's not lifting her hands up in worship, she's lifting dumbbells, barbells, or Harry Potter books. She enjoys attending concerts with her family and making loud noises at concerts. Come on, somebody. She <laughs> loves her dog, Fee, and dominates in foot races and top golf. Would you please welcome Nora Fayback? Nora! 
Well, hello, Elevate. <laughs> Gotten pretty used to saying that up here. As Mike said, I've had the privilege to serve on the worship team for the past few years. And I just want to start off with saying how much of a blessing it's been being able to share my worship with you guys. I love all of you so much. <laughs> but today, God has allowed me to be able to do things a little bit differently. And I get to share the story of how I got to this place in my faith. So throughout my life, I've been asked the same question, and it's how long have you been singing? And honestly, I don't think anybody in my family can answer that. I don't think I could answer that. Um, as long as I can remember, music has been my passion. It's been what I've driven towards. So as I look back, it's crazy how God can take something that we've always done our entire life and then change it completely once we put him in the center of it. But before worshiping here, I had been in bands, I sang at events, my mom just about threw me on every karaoke mic she could find, and I've been a part of many chorus concerts. And I had no idea that the start of my faith journey would come with my first ever chorus concert solo. So let's go back in time a little bit. Um, it's 2016, and that version of me did not have the confidence that she has today. If she saw how I worshiped on this stage and how I was serving, she would have thought I went insane. So naturally, it's safe to assume I was very nervous to sing the solo. And at the time, I found a lot of comfort in my grandfather, um, the most creative man I've ever met in my life. He's a wonderful carpenter, artist, musician, just had it all. And so I found a lot of comfort since he supported me. And I remember a few nights to my before my concert, he asked me to practice the song one more time in front of him. So I sang my little 30-second part, and he hugged me, and he told me, sing loud enough for the angels in heaven to hear you. And <laughs> now, at the time, I wasn't aware that he would not be attending the concert, and that that would be a part of the last conversation I'd ever have with him. After I found out about the lost, I lost all the passion I had in writing, in art, and especially music. and. I remember that I went to my dad, and I vowed to him. I told him I would never sing again. And as you guys know, that didn't last long. Um, so thank God that he shut that down. He told me to promise him that I would sing loud enough so he would hear every note that I sang. And I've kept that promise to this day. The loss hit me with much more than the loss of my passions. I felt like every aspect of my life was shaking up. My entire family didn't know how to handle the grief, and it put me in a really dark place. I found myself turning to self-harm, and I struggled with suicidal thoughts. And in those moments, I realized I couldn't put my family toward the fate that my grandfather put us through, and that I had to make a change because I had no other option. But in the time, I was scared. I didn't want to go to God and be vulnerable about that. And I feel like a lot of us feel the same, that we hide ourselves from the things that God wants to help us with the most. My dad and I realized that the way we were living and coping with the loss wasn't enough, and that we were trying to fill a God-shaped hole within our hearts with things of this world. And in that season, we started seeking a church, and it wasn't long until we found Elevate. And we have not missed a weekend since. Now, my journey with my faith was not linear by any means. Um, I was learning all these things in church, but I didn't find myself applying them or using them in my daily basis. I didn't know what it meant to have a relationship with God. But that changed when I was faced with a wake-up call. 
During this period of time, I had lost my grandmother very tragically, and I was faced with a decision. Would I keep living the way that I was, or would I finally turn to God and put my trust into him? The night I found out that she passed, I prayed differently than I had ever prayed before. I had prayed over everybody in my family. I prayed for peace, for guidance, for hope. And I finally opened up my heart to a true relationship with him. And then two weeks after her funeral was the first time I ever stood on this stage and worshiped. Since I went all in with my faith, I've not only started a true relationship with God, but I gained a community of friends and family I couldn't imagine my life without. God gave me relief, and I have had no appeal to go back to those old ways because he has been so good to me, and he has answered each and every one of those prayers that I prayed in my grief. Now, looking back, I know that God did not create that situation to get my attention, but by his grace, he used it to get the attention that nobody could get. He knew how stubborn I was, and he knew that he was the only one that could speak these things into my life. So if you take anything away from this, I want you all to realize that you don't have to wait until you face a tragedy to get close with God. He'll use the moments of crisis if he has to, but he's here right now. You can begin that relationship today so you have that firm foundation for when things go wrong. So don't hide from him. Run to him. I know that I still have a lot more life to experience, and as I stand here today, my testimony has only just begun, and God has so much more in store. So as of now, I'm trusting in God for the next steps that I take with my career and steps I take with schooling, but also in every single aspect of my life. Um, as I stand here today, I'm struggling a battle in my own home, and that is my dad fighting stage four cancer. And even though we don't know what's next, and we don't know what God has planned for us, we know that he's going to be good through it all, because he is always good. But as I did before in the loss of my grandma, I can turn to rely on God and put this situation in his hands, because I know I can't respond with what's happening the way that I used to. I need to respond by trusting him first, and I'm going to continue to rely on God through it all. Thank you. Nora, just trusting in God, 18 years old. Us adults can learn something from that if you're really open to it. Stop running away and run to Jesus. That brings us to our next speaker. Yeah, born into a Christian family in a small town in Mexico. He moved to the U.S. at the age of 14 to help support his family economically, uh, where he worked at a Mexican restaurant for over 10 years, before opening his own in 2015. And guys, I'm just going to tell you right now, it is one of the best places for a date night. Okay? I'm telling you. You'll be sitting there eating some of this fantastic food, and then all of a sudden, there's music, and then there's worship music that comes on. It is the most fantastic experience you will ever have. He'll tell you more about that. He, uh, he owns a total of four businesses with another opening soon. He married his wife in 2009, and he and I have become so close. 
and he's just a great brother in Christ, and I just love going to his restaurant and supporting him, and I love hearing him just speak and tell you his message today. Would you please welcome David Saldana. Good morning, Elevate. It is so good to be worshiping God with all of you together today. My name is David, and uh, my family and I started coming to Elevate in 2018. I was baptized here at Elevate in 2021, and that's when I found out the definition of you're not only welcome but wanted here. I remember I was walking through the water and uh, I hear a voice on the back, go Lucha! I'm like, this guy really wants me here. <laughs> and here we are. I just joined the surf team, so if you see me at the door, feel free to say hi, okay? Um, some of you probably recognize me from the restaurant, El Amigo. We do the best Taco Tuesday, just throwing that out there for you, okay? Uh, my wife and I opened that restaurant in 2015, and since then we now have four restaurants, four businesses, and one coming on the way. God is good, isn't he? Amen. But how many of you know it wasn't always like this? How many of you know the struggle from the beginning? And let me ask you a question. How many of you have been waiting for a miracle? Or how big do you want your miracle to be? And let me tell you, your miracle can be as big as you want it to be, anything that you want it to be, if you can believe and put God first. Here's, here's my story. Here's my miracle to you. Uh, when my wife and I decided to open the restaurant, I remember I called my family, my mom and my dad first. And one of the first things they said was, son, Put God first, and everything will be okay. And uh, I was born in a Christian family, but uh, I was not attending to any church at that time or for the past 10 years. I was just out there living la vida loca, you know. <laughs> Maybe with some of you over here. <laughs> but then uh, I, I said, well, that's normal for Christian parents to say, you know, put God first. But then I call all my brothers and sisters, and when I say, oh, there's 11 of us, okay? I'm in Mike's side. <laughs> know the feeling, Mike. <laughs> but they all say one thing in common, put God first. And then when I call the last one of my sisters, not only did she say, put God first, but she also said, can we take my pastor and pray with you at the restaurant? At that point, I felt like, they didn't trust me enough to be on my own. They didn't trust me to open the restaurant. And I said to myself, do they know that I used to work at a restaurant for over 10 years? Do they know that I was taking care of two restaurants at a time for the past two years? I mean, can they trust me to do this on my own? I know you can do everything through God, but you can also do things on your own. You don't need God to do every little thing. And I'm going to prove it. That's what I said. I'm going to prove to them that you don't need God for every little thing that you do in your life. And so we went and opened up the restaurant. And three months later, not good business. I said to myself, it's okay. It's only three months. You'll be fine. 
But then nine months come by, and not only we didn't have the business that we expected, but we started getting behind on bills and rent and even the employees, we couldn't pay them anymore. I didn't know what to do. I remember one day, uh, or a, a little uh, after a year for being open, we had to pay some taxes and we didn't have any more money or nobody else to go to. And, and I said, uh, this is it, I don't, I don't know what else we're gonna do. Then uh, one day my sister pastor saw by, he ate and at the end of his meal he asked me, are you Maria's brother? I didn't know who he was, so I said yes. He said, let me pray for you. The next day another guy comes in, he asked me, are you the owner? I said yes, he said you have really good business. I'm like, you don't know what you're talking about. But he said, let me pray for you. The next, or I felt like uh, that was a sign from God telling me to come back to him, to come back to Jesus, come back to the beginning. So the next day in the morning, I went really early to the restaurant. I couldn't handle it anymore. And I got on my knees and I started praying. I said, God, I'm sorry for what I said. I'm sorry for trying to do things on my own. I surrender, take control, have it your way. <laughs> I thought it was a little too late because we had to make this payment and I had no idea how we were gonna do it. I was laying on my bed one day in the morning and then my landlord calls me, he said, David, are you ready to make this payment? Because if you're not, you're done, you're out. I hang up the phone and I said to myself, this is it. Today we're losing everything, all the hard work, all, all of our dreams, all of our savings are gone. I was, I was feeling sick that day, I didn't wanna get up, didn't wanna get up on the bed. And uh, a few minutes later, another call comes in it was one of my older sister. When I saw she was calling, I didn't want to answer the phone because I didn't feel like talking anymore. But then I did. She said, I know your situation. How much do you need? I wanted to say no because she was buying a house at that time. And that meant she's not getting her house if she gives me the money, but she was my only hope. And I wanted to tell you today that sometimes God is not gonna come directly to you, but he's gonna send you a sign. He's gonna send you somebody to give you hope. <laughs> and it's also up to you to take it. It's also up to you to answer the call. Now, I, I'm not here to lie to you and say that everything went our way since I got on my knees, but I can stand in front of you and I can tell you that uh, we've been so blessed that we got a lot, of m a lot more than what we expected because I put God first, as my family was telling me from the beginning. Before I go, I wanna leave you with a prayer that I pray every morning. I say, God, use me in a way that everyone can see that I'm a different man. Use me in a way that everyone can see that I have a God that gives me everything I need in the name of Jesus. God bless you all.
Thank you, my brother. God puts people in our paths. You need to understand that. Five of them are on this platform today. This is a, what they call a divine appointment, maybe, for somebody. And I'll let you think about that. Because we have one more speaker. He originally is from the cornfields of Ohio. He moved here to Erie, Pennsylvania, because he wanted to be by the lake. Not really. Uh, he came here for work. He is uh, most heavily, I, he, I think he might be the most heavily tattooed speaker up here. I, I don't, do you think so? Yeah. Uh, and uh, he has a passion for God, people, and art. In his free time, he enjoys reading, snowboarding. That's why he came to Erie, the snowboarding. And he loves the Erie Otters. Would you please welcome Chris Watson? I would say I'm excited to be up here, but I'm honestly kind of nervous. I get the privilege to share my story, which if I could condense into one word would be change. And the longer I've walked with God, the more apparent it has become that following Jesus is a life of change. See, when my relationship with Jesus first began, it was quite the change. I was a senior in high school, and although I'd grown up in a, a Christian home and, and gone to church, I consider myself to be agnostic, if not atheist. I, I was certain there was no God, and if there was, I certainly didn't need him in my life. But God had other plans. He wasn't satisfied with me living a comfortable life. He had more in store for me. And after God got a hold of my heart, change quickly became a regular part of my life. My plans for college changed, how I spent my time changed, even my friend group changed. And even before I got to college, plans changed again in the form of changing majors. And then there was the change that was going to college, moving to a new city, making new friends, figuring out how to be an adult. But the changes weren't just physical changes in location or situation, they were also spiritual changes growth and development, learning what it means to live out the words of Jesus, to deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow him. See, the truth is this. Knowing Jesus brings life change. Life change isn't just a one-and-done kind of deal. Yes, we all experience life change when we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior, but Change is something that we should strive to live out each and every day as we seek to live and love more like Jesus. And the best way that I have discovered to live more like Jesus is through discipline. The past year of my life, I've been honing in on what it means to be a man of discipline. And trust me, I know how some of you are feeling right now. It got awkwardly silent. I used to hate discipline. I was never consistent in my Bible reading or prayer, the spiritual disciplines. I was even less consistent in physical discipline. I hated exercise. I enjoyed drinking. I was addicted to porn. My life was all about me. I did what I wanted when I wanted to do it. That isn't a life characterized by Jesus. 
That's a life of selfishness, pride, and arrogance. It's a life where I was at the center, not Jesus. For so long, Jesus had been trying to bring change into my life, but I had resisted change. I was comfortable. Why would I want to change that? Jesus doesn't want us to be comfortable. He wants us to be changed. And what my life needed, whether I wanted it or not, was change. So as much as I had tried to avoid it, I knew that in order to make change a reality in my life, I needed discipline. So I started small by getting into the word every day. And then I slowly added more and more. I started getting up earlier and earlier, journaling and taking my dogs for walks. It started rough. It felt like a chore. It was a lot of work that oftentimes I didn't want to do at all. But before long, I found that discipline, the routines and habits that I had built and developed were things that I began to enjoy, things that I looked forward to, things that brought me life. I started to embrace change rather than resist it. Now notice I said embrace, not enjoy, embrace. It started in small ways. I began working out consistently. I got rid of my TV and started reading more. I started eating healthy. And all of those small changes led to bigger changes. I found community and friends. I joined a program to overcome my porn addiction. I began to see that becoming disciplined, I was finding true freedom in Christ. The world will try to tell you that freedom is being able to do whatever you want, whenever you want. That freedom means being the Lord of your own life. But as I'm sure many of you have experienced, living out worldly freedom only leaves you broken and empty. But true freedom comes from submitting to Christ. From living according to God's will, not your own. True freedom is found by letting Jesus be the Lord of your life. And knowing Jesus brings life change. The more discipline I implemented into my life, the more God continued to bring change into my life. It wasn't long before God was restoring hope to areas of my life that felt hopeless. Change and discipline had led me to a place of growth. God had led me to a place where I had accepted my singleness. For years I'd been singled, and to be honest, I, I hated it. All of my friends from college were married. Both of my brothers were married. It seemed like everywhere I turned, everyone else had what I wanted. And as God continued to bring change into my life, I began to see my singleness not as something that made me less than, but as something that allowed me to serve God. Singleness wasn't the curse that I thought it was, but an invitation to embrace other areas of my life. It was an opportunity to be concerned with the things of God, to make the biggest kingdom impact with my time, to embrace friendships and the community of the church. As my mindset about singleness began to change, God continued to bring change into my life. It was clear that I needed to get off the sidelines and get into the game. See, God is sovereign, but man is responsible. In other words, I had a part to play. It was wrong of me uh, to just treat God as a magic fairy who would grant my every wish without me having to put in any of the work. So I stepped up and I asked a girl out, and she said yes. 
And as we begin dating, I realized that in order to have a healthy relationship, a God-centered relationship, it would require more change and more discipline in my life. I needed to be conformed more into the image of God. So I embraced the change and the discipline. I set boundaries and expectations. I communicated clearly. I was honest, intentional, and forward, and God continued to shape me more into the image of his son. He revealed to me how important the fruit of the Spirit are and how much I was lacking them in my life. God revealed to me my selfishness and how I wanted, if I wanted to be like Jesus, then I, I needed to start living out with selfless sacrifice. I needed not to make the decisions that were best for me or what I wanted to do, but the decisions that drew us closer to Jesus, which meant that being closer to Jesus meant more change, because knowing Jesus brings life change. And change isn't always easy. It's not always sunshine and rainbows. Oftentimes, we can't see what will happen on the other side of change, and that's where faith comes in. We have to be like Jesus and choose to trust God and in his plan, not our own. We have to choose to follow Jesus, even when it's uncomfortable, even when it's difficult, even when we can't see the outcome. Oftentimes, we have to sacrifice our own comfort in order for growth. That's the position I currently find myself in. I've had the amazing privilege and opportunity to be a part of the staff here at Elevate, but that time has come to an end. I've been pushed to learn and grow and lead in ways that have made me more like Christ. I love the staff and our teams and this church, but as I embrace this next change in life, I have to make a sacrifice. It wasn't an easy choice or the future I had planned, but we have to choose to follow Jesus even when it's uncomfortable and difficult. I've loved my time in Erie and the ability to be a part of such an amazing team and church. God has impacted my life through this church and is clearly using Elevate to bring the kingdom of heaven to Erie. Change isn't something to be feared or avoided, even when it hurts, because knowing Jesus brings life change. Thank you. Thank you, Chris. Can we give it up for all of our speakers today, please? You know, I don't know where you're at in your walk. I don't know what you ha may have going on in your life. I don't know what you're struggling with. But God is about change in us. God doesn't change. God wants to change us. And I know that even in my own jacked up life, there are some things that I don't want God in. Well, well, come on now. But every time I do that, he turns me and puts someone in my path, as we heard earlier about people getting in people's paths, and changes the way I think. Changes the way I want to look at people. Like, looking at you all through Jesus' eyes. Do you know how much he loves you? Do you know what was given up for you and me to be here? 
in this moment. There is healing for you, physical healing. There is freedom from addiction ready for you. There is freedom from uncertainty and the not knowing. But you have to trust and you have to believe. And so I'm going to talk to two people right now. I'm going to talk to those of you that have said yes to Jesus, but yet you're still on the sidelines wondering, should I get in the game? And can I tell you right now, once you step your foot into the field of God's game, your life is going to change. Stop waiting. Stop waiting. You can be free today. And now I want to talk to those of you who are kicking the tires on this new faith thing. What is this? Who is this Jesus? Who is this God? Who is this Holy Spirit? Maybe I want to try that. Now I'm going to give you an opportunity to do that. I'm going to give you an opportunity to receive Him. And I'm going to give those of you the opportunity who have already received Him to get yourself reignited by the power of the Holy Ghost. So with every head bowed and every eye closed in this place, I want you to understand this may not happen boom like that. It's a journey. But it is a journey that once you get on it, it is going to be life-changing. Just say this after me. Just say, Jesus, say it out loud. Jesus, the entire church, here I am. I am broken. I am a sinner. I have walked away where I need to walk into. So, Lord, would you come into my life? Jesus, come into my heart. I believe that you are the Son of God, and God raised you from the dead, and you are alive right now, and you want to come and change my life. So change my life, Jesus. Right now I receive you as my Lord and as my Savior. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for checking out this week's message on the Elevate Church podcast. We hope you really enjoyed it. If you made a decision to follow Jesus, congratulations. Welcome to the family. We would love to know about it, so please let us know by going to elevatechurch.com slash yes. There will be some practical resources to help you as you start this journey. If you want to support the mission and vision of Elevate, go to elevatechurch.com slash give. Thank you for living generously. We hope you enjoyed this message. Have a great week.